And so it all begins the season we've all been waiting for. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, some of you are already confused because you've been told the season already began. I mean, we've been hearing about it all the way before Thanksgiving. It was the season to buy lots of stuff, get your gift shopping done, and all that kind of thing. Well, actually, the season now officially begins. And what I mean by that is it's officially the return season starting this week. I don't mean to depress you or overwhelm you by this fact, but the reality is, and uh, based on hard facts and data that's out there, is basically one in three gifts that you have purchased for people you care about will be returned. And it's also true, one in three gifts that you are given uh, at Christmas time, you will return. Uh, I mean, these are only the gifts we know of, uh, because after all, as we all know, these are gifts that have been statistically uh, part of this data research included in that which was returned. And we know there's other categories. There's gifts that are regifted, and those aren't counted in this. There's also gifts that are just forgotten, never used. There's also gifts, there's a few of them that sometimes are even thrown away. Um, and that is not accounted for in this data. But they say one in three gifts are either returned or exchanged. Um, put this in perspective, we're talking like $70 billion worth of merchandise over the next couple weeks is going to be returned to stores near you. Um, anybody enjoy making returns? I, I mean, I'm, I'm serious about this, especially this time of year. And if you've ever been in one of those lines that are ridiculous, oh, I left something out. I got to tell you this. If you're a man and you're married, I hate to tell you, but that uh, statistic actually goes up if you bought something for your wife. It's something like 48% of gifts given to wives will be returned. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's on the internet, so it must be true. Uh, so you, anyway, but waiting in line and, and exchanges in, in return li lines are just so hard. And about a year ago, right after Christmas, there was a, a mother, a young mother of two from Celine, uh, Michigan, and she posted a Snapchat video, and this thing went viral. And, and it was a, her telling the story of making a return at Kohl's. Some of you have maybe seen it. Amanda Bell is her name. Here's a picture of her family, and, and here's a, a little glimpse of the video filter she used on Snapchat. And she ended up telling the story with three characters. I think the next picture shows that. Um, she showed it from the, the standpoint of standing there, and if you don't, know what Snapchat is? Ask your kids or grandkids. They can even look this video up after worship tonight. It's actually very funny. In fact, it was seen by over 2 million people within a very short period of time. And I think our family, I, I think, accounted for about 2,000 of those hits because we just couldn't stop watching it. It was hilarious, and it still is. But she's standing in the, the aisle at Kohl's, and there's a, a woman in front of her making a return, and, and the, the person behind the desk is trying to explain that by making this return, she's going to lose all of her Kohl's cash. And, and she just can't fathom this. Are, are, you, are you saying I'm going to lose my Kohl's cash? And finally, she's like, can I see a, a manager? And the manager comes over, and well, I think uh, this guy over on the right, which is really Amanda Bell in this video, and she says, yeah, you're going to lose all your Kohl's cash. That's why I said, yeah, your Kohl's cash. Anyway, it's funnier if you watch it, trust me. But, but it, it, the reason it resonated, did any of you see this video? There's a few hands going up. You, you have to go and watch it after worship tonight. And I'll tell you this, it resonated for so many, and I'm convinced of this, 
because we've been in that line before. We know how painful making returns can be and how overwhelming it can be and how stressful it can be and, and all the other words we want to use that go with returns and exchanges and standing in aisles and, and lanes and, and lines during the holiday season and after the holiday season. But all that said, what's occurred to me in the, over these last few weeks is how significant returns are. We have a God who actually speaks of returns again and again. And on this Christmas Eve, I would just like to invite you, as we spend a few minutes together tonight, uh, to be present. There's a lot of things that often are going through our minds and things, things that we're looking forward to tomorrow and all the things we need to do this week. But what would it be like to just be still and hear a God speak about what he means by returns of significance. We're going to open scripture together. And I want to do that in our first read, in scripture reading here from Zechariah 1, verse 3. And, and read this with me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord. Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. What's his promise here? Return to me, and I will return to you. What is God saying? He's saying if we've been walking off in a different direction than his will, if we've been doing our own thing and, and pursuing life as we think it matters, and that if that matter and that life that we're pursuing isn't of God, there's a moment in our life where we start to realize something's missing. It's kind of like getting a gift at Christmas and, and saying, this is what I've always wanted. This happened to me actually recently. I bought my own gift from my family. Um, I wanted, I'm a, I'm a bicyclist, and I've had this $25 helmet for the longest time, and I wanted to buy a really nice one. And so I shopped around, looked for it, and I finally found it online, exactly what I wanted, and it had all the right reviews and everything, and it was, you know, supposed to be the best helmet ever, and, and I ordered it, and, and I waited, and it came. It was supposed to be in two days. It took five days. I was frustrated. It arrived. I opened it up. I was all excited to put it under the tree and have my family wrap it for me, and I looked at it, and I tried it on, and I didn't like it at all. This was the dream helmet. It's not what I thought I wanted. And a lot of times life goes that way. What we thought we wanted, what we thought would make us happy, whether it's success or pleasure, whether it's pursuing things that we think is going to make us just be what we always wanted to be. And we get there and we realize this isn't what I signed up for. And now what do I do? Where can I exchange it? Where, where do I have an opportunity to return on that which I didn't think is what life would be. Notice what God says. Return to me, and I'll return to you. Often when God doesn't seem near us, and he seems distant, the old wise saying is true, guess who moved? God invites us to return to him. There's another verse very similar. It says this in Isaiah 44, 22. Read it with me. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. An incredible promise from God. 
There's a reason why he invites us to return. And, and the thing is, is if you have thought or been avoiding God in your life and, and he's just not on the radar for you, you've got everything else to do, then think about a relationship with God or go to church or be in God's word and Bible study, whatever it may be. It, the, what often happens is I've, I've con- I'm convinced of this as I talk with people and as I experience it in my own life is I start to build this picture of God as a God is with a clenched fist and, and he's just ready to pummel me for all the things I've done wrong. And who would want to return to that? Makes sense. And yet, the more time we spend in God's word and the more we listen to what he says, we realize that's actually not his posture at all. He says, return to me because why? I've redeemed you. He's redeemed us. There's a redemption value. He says, you matter to me. I've done something about your life. I've created you. I've made you. I know what matters and what really matters of significance for your life. Why would you try to figure that out on your own? Return to me. For I've redeemed you. It's like he's got this great gift. He just wants to give us, to fill us with joy and purpose and significance in this world in a way that really matters. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Like, yeah, but Pastor, you don't know me. You don't know what goes through my head. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the things I've done. No, I don't, maybe. But if you're a human being, I know what that looks like and what that can be like because I'm one too. And the reality is, is, God says it's never too late. Maybe this has never been a part of your life and you're just here because your family dragged you to church on Christmas Eve at 11 o'clock at night, right? Well, listen to what this says. Even now, see, it's never too late. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And, and I know this too, and I read that verse and I think, with all your heart, well, that's part of the problem. I know my heart, my heart's messed up, my heart misguides me, my heart is, is often messed up in ways, and, and, and I, I, my heart is the problem. And, and how can I return to God with all my heart when I'm busy and I've got all this stuff I gotta get done and the stress of my job or, or the stress of my family or, or the significance of broken relationships in my life, and how can I fit anything else in my heart? got no room to return to God with all my heart. Well, he has that handled too. Because we need to remember he's the creator of our hearts. And he's one who can recreate it. I love how he puts this in context outside of Joel and Jeremiah. Chapter 24, verse 7. Read this with me. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. Did you hear it there? I will give them a heart. A heart to know me. A heart that that I am the Lord. You know, what God does is, this is what faith is. And those who say, well, faith is something we do for God or, or, or the, the thing that God's looking for is people who are just trying to white-knuckle their way into heaven and try to figure this out and try to be good enough and strong enough and, and do enough of the right things. And the reality is it overwhelms us with a long to-do list where it only just overwhelms us to a place of despair because we know we aren't perfect and we know we never can be on our own. And that's where God enters into it and he says, I've given you a new heart. A new heart that replaces the heart that's cluttered with the brokenness of reality in your life. A heart that beats for me. A heart that connects to who I am as your savior, your redeemer, the one who called you by name, treasured in my sight. 
You are my people, he says. For they will return to me, how? With all their heart. See, only God can pull off something like that. It's the kind of God he is. And he's a God of his word. As he reminds us that even the word itself cannot return to himself void. Read this with me. In Isaiah 55, verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me void, but will accomplish what I desire. Have you ever had this happen where you got a gift and you waited too long to return it? It didn't fit. It wasn't really what you wanted. And you went to return it and you get there and they tell you, um, yeah, um, yeah, you have your receipt. Yes, it was purchased here. But the problem is, do you see the, the written policy in the fine print? It's past 30 days. You can't return this. You're like, well, wait a minute. I, I want to speak to a manager. This can't be right. I bought this here. Well, this is our policy. Um, unfortunately, your return is void. It doesn't happen with God. There's no expiration date in returning to him. There's no uh, you know, descriptive policy that God says, Here, here's what it looks like. No, he says, I have called you by name, you are mine. I made you, and I invite you to return to me. And my word will accomplish in your life more than you could ever imagine. That's why my word is so important. That's why spending time with me more than once or twice a year is so valuable, because I meet you there. And I remind you of who you are, who you were meant to be. You are not void of meaning and purpose. But my promise to you is you have that purpose in me. The other thing is kind of true here too that we sometimes forget is God isn't setting up some distant return department. As frustrating as that can be to go through a long line and making a return, this is what makes Christmas so awesome is what we learn is all these promises of God's word, all the, the, the promises God had made for centuries of what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. Christmas brings about this fulfillment that comes in a savior that comes near. The department for returns comes to where we are. People who feel like they're on the outside looking in, people who felt they were dejected or forgotten or unloved. Our God comes near to us and comes near so that we might realize his presence today. It's part of why the shepherds were so pumped. And you want to talk about a return. What do you do with this incredible gift when you realize God has called you in this way to return to him? Well, the shepherds show us what it looks like when we get it. Because they return too. And they couldn't help but speak about what they'd seen and heard. Listen to this. Luke 2, verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. God gives us an opportunity tonight to return to him. And he makes it possible by his promise and his word. And he comes near to us to make it possible in a savior who has come near to us as a savior who loves us and redeems us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for returns, not a long return frustrating line for us to stand in tonight, but rather the gift of celebrating your invitation to us to return to you as you come near to us. You give us a new heart, a new mind, 
you've redeemed us. And you recalibrate our, our minds and hearts in your presence here tonight uh, to begin to realize again the significance of this gift. Lord, this is a gift that keeps on giving. It's a gift that's worth living. It's a gift that is worth celebrating tonight in ways that we return, in a way that we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and what we have heard because it is just as we have been told. Thank you for that gift and that return. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.